seated. We're very happy our brother Diderno is with us here tonight, and he's going to lead us now in our opening word of prayer. Well, let us bow our heads in prayer, asking for the Lord's help in the evening's worship service. Our Father and our God, we are thankful once again to be found in thy presence. Lord, we rejoice that we can come not through any merit of our own, but Lord, that we can come through the merits of Jesus Christ the righteous. We thank you, Lord, that we are found in the light and through the face of Jesus Christ, that, Lord, that we can truly say with all our hearts that Thou art God. Lord, we are joyful uh, to hear uh, the sound of Thy Word. And, Lord, we ask of Thee that Thou would visit us afresh even here tonight. And Lord, that we would hear, truly hear and see the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask of Thee that even through the busyness of life, and Lord, that even through the thoughts of what to do tomorrow, that, Lord, that Thou would truly still our hearts, and, O Lord, that give, Thou would give us an ear to hear what Thou dost have to say to us even here tonight. So, Lord, we do look to Thee and ask Thee, O Lord, that Thou would come down in a mighty way. Lord, we often think of the Scripture of that great verse in Hebrews that Moses choosing to suffer the affliction of God's people rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin even for a season. So, Lord, we are joyful to be here, choosing light rather than darkness, rather to be in the presence of God, rather than to be in the world with the pleasures of sin. So, Lord, we are joyful to thou doubt it set us apart. And, Lord, we know that this is not the doing of our own will, but, Lord, we know that this is truly the work of the Spirit. So, Lord, we ask of Thee that Thou would continue the work of the Spirit upon our hearts, and, Lord, that we would know the movement of the Holy Ghost uh, even here tonight. And, Lord, we often think of those who cannot be here, those who are listening online, and those who are sick and shut in. Lord, we ask that Thou would visit them afresh, and, O oh Lord, that Thou would uh, grant them grace. Lord, would they know would they know that grace and that peace that does surpass even all uh, understanding. So, Lord, we ask of Thee that Thou would meet with everyone here. And, Lord, as the list goes on and on, those who are suffering, those who are sick, those who need a great touch from the Savior, Lord, we pray that Thou would visit them. And, O oh Lord, that we would be able to say that God uh, is working. So, Lord, we look to Thee at this time. And, O oh Lord, we ask of Thee that Thy Word would be let loose here tonight. And, Lord, we pray with all our soul that there, if there is one with the blindfold, with the veil upon their eyes, and, Lord, we pray that Thou would remove the veil that they may see Jesus. Lord, be with us, we ask. Visit us in a special way. We ask of all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Sing again, please, to the Lord's praise, Psalm 23, uh, the B selection, Psalm 23B. The words will be on the screen. Remain seated while we sing. Mm -hmm. 
worshipful praise unto the Lord tonight. We're going to sing one more song now, number 408, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. And we will stand as we sing this to the, to the Lord's praise, 408. seated. Well, it is the story and the song of every believing heart, and that is why we have a right and a reason to shout and to sing. It is a good thing to be able to praise God with our hearts and our voices tonight. We're reading this evening for our congregational scripture, the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 to 6, and then 32 down to the end of the chapter. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. 
By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaking. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him, for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Verse 32. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, and of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and of imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect or complete. May God bless His Word to our hearts tonight as we have read. Welcome to our service tonight. Glad to have you with us here. You're very, very welcome in the Lord's name. And if you're here with us for the first time, maybe you've come back again, you're very, very welcome in person and online. Very happy that our brother Jacob is with us here tonight, and a friend of his, Jonathan, I believe it is. We welcome you men in our service tonight, and uh, folks online too, we uh, welcome you, and if we can be of any help to you in prayer, uh, prayer for some need that you have, you could let us know by email on the, the email that comes up on the screen in front of you sometime through the service. We're happy that you're all here tonight. Please remember couple of things in your prayers and special things for prayer. As I mentioned this morning about the recent visit we had last Wednesday night from the Pregnancy Cancer, and we want to remember that ministry and the people who are in charge there. 
And let's also redouble our efforts to pray that the Lord would help us in our land and He would stop the government from whatever efforts they are trying to do in hindering these vital ministries that are taking a stand for truth and trying to be a service and a ministry to those who are in confusion about the whole issue of abortion. And many people find themselves in great difficulties during those times. And so we pray that a ministry like the PCC would be helpful and be directed by the Lord. And the opportunity would be to lead uh, men and women to a knowledge of the Savior. Please also remember your faithful giving to the works. A recent visit we had from Jeff, uh, Jason Boyle from Mexico City. And if you would like to have an offering, give an offering for that ministry, just mark your envelope, Mexico, and we'll be sure it gets there to the right place. Also, the services this incoming week, Wednesday evening, our Bible study and prayer time at 7.30, and I hope to continue in our study of the prayer of dedication that David, or that, pardon me, that Solomon made at the temple in Jerusalem. And then please remember the gym fellowship on Friday night from 6 to 9 p.m., and our Lord's Day services next Lord's Day Sunday school at 9.55, and our morning service at 11, and of course the evening one at 6.30. If you would like to get your address or a cell phone number or an email updated for our directory, uh, please send that through to office at torontofpc.ca and uh, we'll be sure that that change gets on the directory. And also we're thinking about the upcoming Christmas card appeal. And this time the board has decided that the appeal will be for the work in, Jama in Mexico under Lalo Pena, and it is in Cordoba, about four hours from Mexico City, and so that's a needy work, and we want to devote our offering there at this particular time. So those are some things to remember, and of course, uh, the sick ones in our congregation, we don't want to forget to be praying for our brothers and sisters in the Lord, that God's hand would be upon each one of those. We're going to sing again a well-known song, Dare to Be a Daniel. It is not in your hymnal, but the words are on the screen behind me. And so remain seated while we sing this hymn.
Turn with me again, please, in your Bibles to the book of Daniel chapter 6. Daniel's book, chapter 6. Reading from verse 10 down to verse 17. Actually, we're going to make that change. I think we will read from verse 18 of the book of chapter 6, verse 18. We've been following through. We've read a few times over the last number of weeks the verses from the opening or this chapter. And uh, from chapter 6, verse 10 down to 17, well, it deals with the conspiracy that was brought about uh, by the enemies of God's servant, and how King Darius was confronted with the issue about Daniel being against the law, and how he was grieved in his heart about that, and yet he had to carry through with that particular law that would not change. Verse 18, then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lions' mouths, that they have not hurt me, forasmuch as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceeding glad for him, and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him, because he believed in his God. And the king commanded, and they brought those men which had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives, and the lions had the mastery of them, and break all their bones in pieces, or ever they came at the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote, unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed, 
and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Let's bow, please, for prayer. Father, tonight we ask again that each one of us here will be very conscious of the Spirit's presence, opening the Scripture to our hearts, giving us understanding. And Lord, we pray earnestly for the application of the truth to our hearts. Dear Father, we pray that we might walk in faith, that we might walk with our eyes heavenward, that we will walk in Christ, trusting in Him at all times. And Lord, even when there is much darkness around and all circumstances seem to be against us and all hope that we should be saved, would be lost. Dear God, I pray that we will know strength in the inner man. We will know the power of Christ, the resurrected Lord, working in and through us. We will be a light to shine in a very dark place. So help us tonight. Give me understanding, Lord, I pray, and the power of the Spirit to speak the Word of God faithfully and truly. We ask these things tonight in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, the title for our message tonight is quite simply, Daniel Saved from the Lions. Saved from the Lions. You could put yourself in your imagination in the case of this man of God. The temperature in his life had now been heated dramatically. The scheming presidents and the princes had convinced King Darius to sign into law a decree that would entrap Daniel regarding his religious activity. But Daniel was fully aware of the law and the implications to that new law and what it meant for his personal faith. And yet, he proceeded to pray in his private chamber three times a day as he had done before. Now, Daniel, as we noticed last Lord's Day evening, was found guilty of the crime of praying. And the king, now aware of the implications of this, well, we would say a very foolish law, he tried by all of his legal possibilities to have the law rescinded, but to no avail. The enemies of truth pressed for the full weight 
of the law to be brought upon this guilty man. So Darius could do nothing else, but he had to order Daniel to the den of lions, and that den was sealed with a large stone being put over the mouth of it, and it was sealed by the king's ring and also by the seal of the other presidents. But the word that was echoing in the ear of Daniel from the king we notice last Lord's day, thy God in whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. That was the word of this man. And it must have, it must have continued with Daniel. It must have been in his mind and heart as he was cast in the den of those wild animals. But the king did not have a good night. In fact, he had a sleepless night. There was no eating. There was no music. And by that very account, every night of the king would have been with feasting and with music. But not tonight. Not that night. All that had happened, all that had taken place, all that had come upon the mind of this man, of the serious error in judgment that he had made. It's now all pouring into him, rooted in conspiracy against the most faithful servant that he had in his whole empire, and now he has just delivered that man to his certain death. There's no hope, surely, as the king would have said, Thy God in whom you have trusted in and whom you worship continually, He will deliver you. But yet the king goes to his own chamber that night in great distress. Early in the morning, very early we are told, he went to the den and he called out to Daniel. And you could almost see by the words that he prayed and the words that he called out, Verse 19, then the king arose very early in the morning, went in haste to them to the den. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice. That indicates to us that he was full of sorrow, thinking only he would see the remains, the bones perhaps, of the servant of God, of his greatest and chiefest of men. And the king spake unto and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions? And I don't know how the king responded when he heard Daniel's voice, but I am sure there would have been somewhat of a shock, somewhat of a, of a huge surprise when Daniel's voice came and echoed back, O king, live forever. He was alive. The mouths of the lions had not done him any hurt at all. And I don't know if you had that picture on the wall in front of you or not. Uh, was that up there before, brother? You get a chance to see just a, an artist's depiction of what that may have been like as Daniel's eyes and heart 
lifted up to heaven, praying as he had done before, engaged in the very action that had put him into that situation, and he's still praying. I don't have any doubt that as the king spent a sleepless night, Daniel spent a night in prayer. And instead of cowering in fear, he was resting peacefully in the joy of God with him. And the animals, rather, were afraid to go near. They would not be able to use their teeth or their claws against God's servant. As we study this miraculous deliverance given by God, may the Lord teach us all to wait patiently in times of trial and to trust in the Lord, not knowing how God will deliver us, but only knowing this, that He will deliver us one way or another. So I want you to learn with me tonight, please, in the first place, that the righteous are not free from the severest attacks of the wicked. I've told you before that there is no recorded sin of Daniel in the Bible. This is a unique place that God's servant holds. And I say to you again, it is not that he was without sin, but God did not choose to record any sin against his servant in Holy Scripture. He was a man of faith, a man of integrity. He was a righteous man, a man whose testimony reverberated through the nation of Babylon and now into the Medo-Persian Empire. He lived his life to the glory of God and was beyond reproach before men for all that these presidents and princes tried to get against him, they could not find anything in his public life or in his personal life above reproach. But this did not make him immune from the evil intentions of wicked men and certainly his wicked co-workers. In fact, I would say to you, that made him all the more a target of why they wanted to bring him down. In fact, the more righteous that this man lived, and the more righteous that you will live in your life, the more that we will be targeted. The more that Daniel was targeted for character assassination, and that you and I will be targeted. Let this lesson be riveted to our minds that we are not going to escape the anger and violent eruptions of the wicked in our life in some form or another. It will come against us. It's not a matter of if, believer. It is a matter of when this will happen. 
every single believer walking faithfully in the will of God and wanting the life to make a difference in your generation, be prepared that there will come trial and there will come the venting of the enemies of Satan against us. History is very evident with this. There is enough that is recorded in the Bible and also in church history. It's abundantly clear that the righteous will suffer at the hands of the wicked. We read in Hebrews chapter 11 about how God accepted Abel's offering. It was a better offering than that of Cain. But we know that Cain slew his brother Abel. God could have stopped Cain from breaking the skull of Abel and slaying him, but he did not. Why? Because God intended to bring about His purpose through the death of that righteous man and showing the total depravity of the human heart so close to the spring of Adam and Eve, so close to those that had been created in the image of God in righteousness and true holiness, but as they sinned and sin came upon all flesh, so Cain, the first child of Adam and Eve, was full of sin and full of depravity. And that was vented in the murder of his own flesh and blood. And God allowed that righteous man to have his blood shed. And yet the Lord, through a divine purpose, would bring a lesson for us. And he would tell us that the blood of Abel, it speaks to us better things. Oh, my dear friends, today, let us understand the purposes of God in the lives of His people in ways that go beyond our understanding. The wicked King Ahab, king of Israel, he had his way against the righteous Naboth. He wanted to buy the garden that Naboth had very close to the king's palace. But Naboth knew that that was his by right of inheritance, and it was not of God that he would sell that or give it away or do anything or trade it. And yet, the evil conspiring wife of Ahab, Jezebel, she went about to conjure up evil men against Naboth, and they brought against that innocent man sons of Belial, those who accused him of blasphemy against the king and against God. And he was put to death. He was stoned to death, Naboth. And why would God allow such a thing? We're keeping this, friends, in our minds in light of the fact that we have seen that the righteous are not free from the severest tax of tax of the wicked. 
And there are times when God will deliver His own. And there are times when He will choose not to deliver His own. The Savior spoke in His life about many prophets who were killed. And the prophets were not killed by intruding Gentiles. No, they were killed by their own people. And the Pharisees in the day of Christ, they were building the altars of the very prophets that their fathers had slain. And the Lord used that as an indictment against them. But the message is that God allowed His servants to suffer at the hands of evil men. And what have we read in Hebrews 11 about the great catalog of those who suffered persecution, who suffered great at the hands of evil men. My dear friends, let us therefore not think it strange when we go through the fires of tribulation, when we go through the fires of persecution, let us not think it odd or different. Let us understand and submit ourselves to the will of God in our lives. Daniel was a such a man whose faith was challenged, but God chose to give him a deliverance. I want you to notice in the second place that our faith will be tested. Perhaps you noticed that one line we had at the end of verse 23. It says, So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. And what is that, my dear friends, other than a very clear statement of faith? It was a statement of Daniel's faith. It was a statement of why he trusted in his God. He believed in the Lord. And he believed that God would deliver him. And indeed, the Lord did deliver him in a miraculous way. And we can be sure that as Daniel, so our faith will be tested. And sometimes our faith will be tested in a very moderate way. And that's usually how the Lord helps us along our path. He will cause us to begin in our Christian faith with some little test. And then it will be something a bit more, perhaps. And then it will be something very severe. And the severest of tests will come against God's people. Think about Abraham. Abraham was commanded to offer Isaac, the son of promise, the son through whom the Messiah was promised to come, the son through whom God would bless all the nations of the earth. And the Lord said to him, Offer your son as a sacrifice unto me. We cannot enter into the magnitude and the weight of such a test. And what about Job? A man through his testing that lost all his wealth, he lost his health, and he lost his family. 
And why would God allow His servant to go through that? Because it was a testing period in the life of His servant, a severe test of his faith. And David, who said, there is but a step between me and death, but he went on to become the greatest earthly king of Israel, a man whose heart was after God. And so the saints of God throughout history have gone through very severe testing, and so you and I are not immune from that. Our testing will be severe, but it will also be a repeated testing. We could see that in the life of Daniel. He went through different periods of his life, and while there were years of silence, we could say, years we do not know exactly what was going on, God's children have gone through many, many trials many things that have been unexpected, many things that have been severe, and it's been repeated over and over again. And friend, when the trials have come and will come in our lives, and you're wondering and saying to yourself, Lord, I've had enough. I cannot take any more. What will become? How we will fare under that repeated example. But there is, praise God tonight, There is victory for us. And we will say, as the Apostle Paul did, that our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Is that not what was in the heart and on the mind of God's servant as he was being lowered down into the den of those ferocious animals? Did he know that God would deliver him? The Bible does not say anything of that. Did he assume that this is my end? In just a moment, I will be in the presence of my God. I will see the Lord in person. But no, that was not God's path for his servant at that time. And dear friends, whatever challenge comes against us, We have the joy, we have the hope, we have the certain assurance that we will be victorious over all that will come against us. No, the righteous, we are not going to be free from the severest attacks of the wicked, and that our faith, it will be tested. But I want you to notice in the third place tonight that God promises... His abiding presence. Friends, we are in His sovereign hands no matter what the outcome. Daniel was delivered by God's intervention against nature. It was something miraculous. When God closed the mouths of the lions, this was not an ordinary thing. This was not something that was to be expected. It was against nature, for the Lord by His Spirit sent His angel, and the lions were not able to attack that man. God would have remained righteous, you know, had those animals torn the man of God apart. 
God's righteousness was not something hanging in the balance here, nor was His justice, nor was His goodness. Because whatever comes to pass in the lives of His people, God remains true and righteous and holy. The Lord remains just and right. And our God's goodness always remains intact. And we have the evidence of His Word and the evidence of the outcome of what has transpired in the lives of many of His people who have gone through the fires of martyrdom, who have been torn apart by wild beasts, as Hebrews 11 tells us, who have succumbed to the sword, who have been burned. Yes, my dear friends, but Daniel was delivered by something of a miraculous intervention of the Lord. And I'm sure that as he committed himself to the Lord, as did his friends many, many years before that, when they were standing before Nebuchadnezzar at the fiery furnace, and they said, whether or not God delivers us from this furnace, know this, O king, that God will deliver us from your hands, and we will not bow ourselves down to your image. And their faith remained intact. And if God had have allowed them to burn in the fiery furnace, His name would still have been glorified. But He chose to deliver them. And He chose also to deliver Daniel. But my friends, let us be very clear in this, that because the Lord did something miraculous at that time and among those people, does this mean that we can expect miracles of deliverance when we are suffering for the cause of Christ? And again, the history of the Bible and of ages gives us the answer, and it is no. We have no right to expect such a thing. Because, my friend, miracles in which God demonstrates the stopping of the normal processes of life and of nature are an exceedingly rare occurrence. And that is not the normal function that God operates in. It's not the ordinary means. For God uses the course of nature. God uses the ordinary means within our lives to accomplish His will in and through us. If you, in driving through an intersection that has a red light camera, if you go through the red light, you will receive a letter in the mail and likely at least $300 of a fine. It doesn't matter whether you're a Christian, a righteous person, if you were daydreaming, if you were doing something else, if you go through a red light, you're going to get a ticket. When the snowplow comes down the street in front of your house, I can assure you that the pile of snow in front of your driveway will be as big as the pile of snow in front of the ungodly man's driveway next door to you. In fact, sometimes I think in my driveway it's bigger as I have to go out there and begin to shovel it, get rid of it. 
The rain, we are told, falls on the just and on the unjust. The laws of nature apply to all men, Christian or heathen. And friend, I assure you of this, if you jump off a building, you will succumb to serious injury or death. Many believers got sick from COVID and some died. Righteous people. So what is the difference? Is there any benefit to a saved life? Is there any benefit of living for the Lord? Yes, we would say a resounding yes, and of course, because living obediently to the law of God and to His purposes, it's ultimately to His glory and for His glory. But is there any benefit for a righteous person to live according to the laws of the land and not to ignore them? And this applies to those who are followers of the Lord and those who might just be good citizens. If you obey the laws of the land and you do not steal and you do not go against and break those laws, you will not go to jail. You will not suffer the consequences of those crimes. And when the law is opposed to God, as it was in Daniel's day, and we obey God rather than men, yes, there will be a, there will be a price that must be paid. But it is at that point that we have committed our life and our way and everything into the hands of God, and we will walk by our faith and not by our sight. We will walk giving ourselves into the hands of God and leaving the circumstances and the outcome with Him. We cannot control that. Neither could Daniel. But we will trust in Him. And we will walk with our Lord. And we will say, Father, whatever Your purpose is for my life, I want to walk before You in truth. You know, in all of these cases, we are to show the Lord's glory through our testimony. We are to understand and know that no matter what the outcome, the Lord Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I I am with you until the very end. And we have the promise that the Savior is going to not only be with us to the edge of the river of death, but He will take us over and welcome us and escort us into glory. And we will be forever with the Lord. Amen. So let it be. The righteous are not free from the severest attacks. Our faith, our faith will be tested. But in these times, let us be assured that God promises His abiding presence with us and He will bring us through. It may be through the It may be through the door of death. It may be when He comes and we will be brought to heaven with our Savior when He returns. It may be by some divine intervention that delivers us. But whatever that might be, let us abide and rest in Him and not be fretful. One final thing I leave with you tonight is this. 
that the testimony of God's servants, it always has an impact on those around them. This was true for God's servant, as it is also true for us in our day. And the testimony of God's servants in Daniel's day, it had an impact on the enemies of God that were around him. When the ungodly rage against true believers and the work of God, what are they doing? Well, they are actually raging against God Himself. And Psalm 2 tells us that when the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing, what will the Lord do? He will laugh at them. He will laugh at their puny efforts to overturn His sovereign counsels. And it's one of the rare occasions that the Bible records of God in a state of laughing. When the enemies come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against Him. And those who plot against the righteous, what happens to them? They will often come, my dear friends, to a very bitter end. Because when they are fighting against God's people, they're ultimately fighting against God Himself. There are some exceptions, and one of those that comes to mind is that of Saul of Tarsus, who thought he was doing the will of God in both arresting and imprisoning the saints of Christ. And yet when he was confronted by the Lord, Jesus said to him, Saul, you are kicking against me. And when Saul was confronted with the Lord and that circumstance, he turned and repented. And don't forget that Saul was one who was giving testimony and authorization at the death of Stephen, the first martyr. And I cannot help but think throughout Paul's life that that thought and that vision never really left him. Would it be part of his humility, the impact that saintly man Stephen had on Saul's life? Often the testimony of godly neighbors is a conscience to the wicked. And though they would try to hide it or maybe mask the impact of it, it makes them boil inside with envy. And it really brings out a seething hatred because that hatred ultimately is against God. And even though it's vented against the neighbors and against the righteous, If that is our testimony, friend, if we are righteous before the Lord, fear not. Let us not be afraid, but rather commit our way unto God and to trust also in Him, and that we would say, Lord, I want to live according to Your truth. I want to leave my reputation in Your hands, whatever that might be, but I want my character, O God, to be before You as holy and guarded. And the outcome is in the hands of our Sovereign Lord. And you know, He does all things well. He makes no mistakes. His ways are perfect. Whatever He is doing in our lives, whatever He's doing in your life, it's perfect. He knows what He's all about. But sometimes we stretch and push against that. But all oh, that we would come to submit ourselves willingly under His sovereign care, 
and say, Lord, whatever ways in my life are wayward, whatever ways are going against Your purposes, let me come and just rest in my God. Yes, my dear friends, there are times when the testimony of a saint of God will be and have an impact upon the the ungodly and the enemies of the Lord, but it will also have a testimony on those who believe and receive the reality of the living God. The life and witness of godly people, it leaves a legacy of hope for the next generation of believers. This is why it's good for us to read the biographies of men and women of God who have lived through times of great persecution, times when government oppression has really been against them to a severe way. And it's through those times that they have shone very brightly for the Master. And it's good to encourage ourselves with such testimonies as those whatever situation we find ourselves in. And the testimony that Daniel had in the life of King Darius, we cannot fully tell. But the evidence is very startling and very similar to the transformation that occurred in the life of Nebuchadnezzar. And Lord willing, next Lord's Day evening, I want us to consider in more detail the impact of Daniel's testimony upon Darius and how he gave a complete change. But my friends, in our lives and the witness that we are bearing before a critical and accusing world and before our righteous brothers and sisters in Christ, let us always be mindful that to all around us we are living letters written and known of all men. And therefore, let our testimonies be that which reverberates continually and shines brightly for the Lord Jesus. God delivered Daniel from the paw of the lion. He saved David from the paw of the lion and from the bear. And Samson was able to slay the lion with his bare hands, God is able. He is able to deliver. And this was the very word that Darius questioned and brought to Daniel again. Verse 20, Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lion's And the resounding answer back is, Oh yes, King Darius, my God has delivered me from the lions. And the Lord has delivered us from the paw of the lion and the bear. He has delivered us from the great enemy of our souls. He has delivered us from Satan. No more has Satan power or control in our lives. And let him do his worst. Let him bring about against us all the enemies of his kingdom and empire. But our God, our sovereign Lord, reigns supreme, and we are held in his omnipotent care and hand. And therefore, we need not fear or be afraid. 
And friends, no matter what our God has in store for us, no matter what He allows us to go through, no matter whether we must go through the fires to our death or fed to the lions of some dimension, yet still we will trust in Him. And we will say as Job did, though He slay me, yet will I trust Him. Though the lions tear me apart, yet will I trust Him. Yes, this was the faith of this man of God. And the Lord chose to give him a unique deliverance, which quite frankly, many in history have not seen, and yet delivered in this way, or delivered and ushered immediately into glory. The deliverance of God is great. And Christ Jesus, the great captain of our salvation, He has promised that we are victorious over Satan and all of his enemies, both now on earth and forever in glory. And that is our hope tonight. It's the hope of every single believer in Christ. But I wonder, friend, tonight, if you are not a Christian, you do not have this hope. If you have never trusted in Jesus as your own, you do not know what I am talking about tonight. You have not tasted that the Lord is good and gracious. You have not experienced the forgiveness of your sins. And maybe you're watching online tonight and you are not a believer. Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now is the open door of opportunity. And the Lord says to all men, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so, if God is working in your heart, don't delay. Don't leave tonight. Before you bow your head in prayer, confessing your sin unto the Lord and calling upon Him to be your own, to be your Savior, to be your Master and the Lord of your life. For when you call, He will hear and He will answer. We're going to close our service by singing hymn number 261, He is able to deliver thee. It is the grandest theme through the ages rung, the grandest theme of a mortal tongue. It's the grandest theme that the world has ever sung, that our God is able to deliver thee. 261, let's stand please as we worship.
Father, we are thankful for the truth of this song and the great truth that we have given to us in the Scriptures tonight. We're thankful, Lord, that we are in the hands of our loving Heavenly Father. We have been saved by sovereign grace. We will never be cast into a lost eternity. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray that each day we will walk closer and closer with our Savior. We will know the joy of sins forgiven, the joy of living and walking daily in peace, and that we will be made use of, Lord, by Your sovereign purpose and hand. So, Father, there's some soul here or listening online that does not know the Lord Jesus. Work in their hearts, we pray. Save some soul tonight. Encourage every believing heart. Impart us now, Lord, in Your favor, with Your watch care, and keep us in the hollow of Your hand for time and for all eternity. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. 